okay with Ian Gregory Trutt. Cam Girl is the web series. Uh, we showed we showed season one, episode two. That's the one that you submitted to the festival, and we showed it at our festival. Fantastic uh, web series you got there. How many episodes you guys got so far? Uh, we have nine total for the first season. Nine total, and then that's that's season one. That's season one. That's it. Are you going to do season two? Uh, it depends if uh, if anyone wants to throw some money at it, but not right now since we're under the strike but <laughs> was everybody oh was this was it was it a union film no no but uh but i i you know i certainly don't want to take any money from any uh bigger companies until after this is done not that they're lining up for me but <laughs> yeah no because i was just talking to somebody about about that where it's like uh he works in special effects and all the special effects guys are are making movies now because they have time i guess right yeah, it's wild. And it's been wild for us because we're, you know, non-union and we are, you know, we had a budget of like $7,000 total from pre to post-production uh, and, you know, mostly out of pocket and some crowdfunding. So we're still kind of navigating through some of the guidelines that have come up between both WGA and SAG. And we're like, well, okay, like, are, are we kind of adhering to that if we do this? Like, you know, can we still do this um you know and and most of it seems to be on the up and up because we are such a uh small scale project that you know we are not the issue at hand you know and we're not taking money from uh anyone that we shouldn't be at this time or anything like that but it's still a wild time to be trying to premiere this this is a corporate strike this is uh this is a billion this is a billion dollar strike it's like right you're working on it's like writers right like we're getting a lot of writers um spec scripts submitted to our festivals and because they're writing their own stuff right because no, nobody's paying them right so they're, they're they're doing their like kind of dream projects and looking for feedback so it's sort of like they can do that because it's not the, the writer's got to write right like it's exactly. not gonna stop writing because of a strike it's gonna make it's right. still gonna write so <laughs> it's just not gonna write for a corporation right Exactly. So tell me about okay. So tell me about Cam Girl. Um, your words in the synopsis. So not my words. Your words. Generic white girl who uh, basically finds a side hustle of webcam modeling. It's a pretty interesting idea. Where did you come up with it? Oh well, you know we see a lot of stuff in film and sex work. You know, uh, sometimes escorting or cam girls. Like when we see them in film, it's either this take on wow look at how glamorous you know it's you know the outfits and you know they make all this crazy money and all this stuff or we see the flip side of like oh my god it's so dangerous and everyone involved isn't you know you know traumatized by the whole ordeal and it's you know there are certainly both ends of the spectrum that exists but there are so many uh sex workers out there who are just normal people who you walk down the street and you don't know they're a sex worker you know these are moms they are uh nurses like you don't know who they are and most of the time the work that they're doing is very straightforward and mundane you know there's a lot of uh sitting at the computer doing social media they're spending time creating content the way you know anyone else does on instagram or something but we look at it as this uh thing that we can't quite comprehend it's either you know very taboo and obscene or you know it's uh, on a very different level and we wanted to kind of demystify some of that and show 
not just the ups and downs, but everything in between. And it's uh, I guess it's it's like it's funny, but it's also got dramatic moments. I guess it's they call it dramedy. I guess right. Yeah, and you know we have some heavier moments that come in, especially later, because I I don't think you can tell the story without having uh, some sort of uh, acknowledgement of those things. But for the most part, we're uh, really kind of uh, keeping a lighter tone and uh just trying to show what the day-to-day is like for uh for these people for these workers so i guess obviously the the lead casting the lead is is was the most important part of this film or this web series where did you find your lead oh goodness i put out just casting calls to all these places and i wanted to work with i there were you know about two actors that i really wanted to have that i knew that i work with on most of my projects um but i really wanted the main trio the the main three to be people i hadn't worked with before i wanted to see who was out there uh so i put out these casting calls and uh sam uh who plays our lead who plays laura she hit me with this video audition that was her take on um, a, a flea bag monologue and it just blew me away and I, I I was pretty much given to her on the spot you know there were a couple really strong contenders but at the end of the day she was just the perfect fit for it and a lot of the scenes you'll see uh, are improvised by her and she had you know they had full reign to kind of adapt the script on the fly for you know if it wasn't feeling natural what are the way that these three people you know these three friends interact uh so they had the license to kind of go in there and make up things as they went so there will be there's an entire scene that it just says she goes through a montage trying on outfits and she creates dialogue for each and every one of those outfits uh, that comes up because that's just the way her mind works. So I want to add your like uh, like your tagline. Rule number one for of capitalism is never do anything for free. Rule number two is that sex sells. But I'm assuming the people on your who worked on your film did it for free. I, for the most part, I was able to give them, you know, small, very small stipends and fed them uh, every chance I could. So they, they were <laughs> no, well I'm fed. Kidding. There's always irony in everything, right? So basically. Yeah, yeah so, I, I, the irony is not lost on me, you know, never do anything for free. But, you know, so much of what we do are passion projects. So. Well, it's, but then again, it's not for free because everybody's getting you always want to work with somebody that who's getting something out of, out of it, right? Like everybody, the like actors are getting something for their real and becoming better actors. Cinematographers, right, guys, you know what I mean? Everybody's learning, getting something out of it, right? Yes, just not always uh, monetary. <laughs> exactly. And if it's a very, it's, if it is the more successful the project, the better it is for them. So you're uh, you're also, you also act in the film, correct? If I correct me wrong, if I, the two as well, right? I, I do. I have a, a small part uh, as the landlord, um, and those scenes are a lot of fun because they're just um, Sam and I going back and forth, um, really kind of going at it with the improv and making up those scenes as we go. We just know, you know, we're, we need to get from point A to point B, and everything in between there is for the blooper reel, pretty much. <laughs> And are you an actor like by trade or is that what you do or? No, no, I am writer director primarily. Um, 
I act once in a while when I know there's a role that I really want to do if it's something of mine or uh, I'm not really uh, out there auditioning though. So it's very specific to the role, but it was, it was great to be able to get in there with them and with uh, my cast and be a part of it. So you're from, you're born and raised in Atlanta, correct? Correct. So this city has taken the industry by by storm in terms of the, its tax breaks, in terms of its creating crews and creating an industry, creating production companies, creating production houses. It's really kind of transformed itself in the last 15, 20 years. And were you like, like, is that, are you like shocked by your, your hometown? Like what it's turned into in terms of film industry? Yeah, it's crazy. It's things change overnight. It feels like, you know, you're driving down I-75 and suddenly there's a sign that says Tyler Perry Studios next exit. And, you know, there's a big campus in Fayetteville where they're shooting all these Marvel films. And suddenly the little yellow signs are uh, out there a lot more for production. So it it's definitely picked up in a way that's just so tangible for people who live here that it's become kind of ingrained with uh, the city. Because I've been, I talk, obviously talked to a lot of people and uh, in, in the industry, a lot of people from who are finishing film school, like generally speaking back in my day or even five years ago, you're going to New York or, or um, LA. I'm people are like saying, oh, yeah, I'm headed to headed to Atlanta to get in the film industry. Yeah, and you can do that for a lot of positions, you know, especially in production. You know, so much of it has moved here. Um, I unfortunately chose to, you know, be a writer primarily, which means that the that part of the industry hasn't really uh, come over this way for the most part. You know, the where we have WGA East and West, but those are very much focused on New York and LA. Yeah. Uh, so, so production has definitely made its way over here, but um, I, I hope that we see a shift where uh, you don't have to live in LA to be able to write, you know, if that's what you want, why is, why do you have to be tied to this physical office in LA for something that you spend 90 eight percent of your time on a computer doing yeah i understand so you're saying like the writers rooms or like like even even they're editing the films they're shooting in atlanta but they're going to to like they're they're in pre-production or in development in in in, in los angeles yeah pre and post they're they're going right back there um, yeah. you know that's where the overall stuff is happening the the big decisions are being made before and after there yeah and everything is just on set here so hopefully we'll see um a bit more of a balance of that in the coming years where Tyler perry does it does it in atlanta right yes yeah he is all pretty much in house as far as i know uh so you know uh i i mean it's absolutely huge i i haven't investigated myself but just from the photos you see of like it's its own campus. It's a huge place and you can run an entire thing start to finish in the out there. And that's incredible. And I hope that's a model for uh, what film in Atlanta could be. There's no reason this couldn't also be a hub like LA and New York. Mm-hmm. But it's like the, the, there's the diversity, like he, like, you know what I mean? Like there's like, there seems to be more diversity in Atlanta, in a general sense, you know what I'm saying? In terms of like, look at the look what this man did. That like he he did it in Atlanta for a reason, right? 
Right. I mean, you know, if he's telling, you know, uh, black stories, especially like there's no better place to set your roots to do that here. Uh, you know, and we have a, a sizable uh, uh, Latin population. Mm -hmm. We have um, a, a growing uh, queer population as well. Like it is a very diverse place to be right now. And it just makes sense. And someone spearheading that is definitely uh, you know, on the right end of things right now. So I, I'm hoping more people will kind of take his lead and, you know, start looking into the talent that's yeah. here, you know, the, the talent is here, you know, We're it is. Yeah. Just trying to get to that point of being acknowledged. Well, it's, it's funny because as a Canadian, you're like paying attention to the, like the ins and outs of, uh, of the United States. And you're like, no wonder, no wonder Georgia turned blue. Right. <laughs> like there's all these creative people headed down to Georgia, right? Like I never yeah. thought in my lifetime that it would be a blue state. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see that, you know, it's no longer a guaranteed red state, you know, that's it's a really a battleground in most years. And you see the city grow sometimes for better, sometimes for worse, you know, depending on the way it's done through gentrification or whatnot. Yeah. You well, know, yeah, there's 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 certain districts through you know through like bs kind of like what do they call it gerrymandering gerrymandering yeah that, that are going to be you know like there's there, you have some pretty crazy congress people representing georgia <laughs> right yeah our... we 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 do unfortunately i try to forget sometimes that um that she is uh one of ours uh will not be named but uh <laughs> Uh, she starts with an M, I guess, right? You're, you're referencing something like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Remember, but, she's just doing that to get to get attention, and she's just doing that so then the people that are angry with her, that that these people get angry with her, so the other side's like, hey, yeah, I'm on your side because those people are angry with you. There's a, it's, it's strategic. Insane. Just, the it, people are paying. It's a strategic circus for sure. But people are, but people are paying attention to her that's what she wants right so that's if you stop paying attention to her then she becomes irrelevant right and yet we probably won't ever get to that point sadly we you hope so like i think people have figured <laughs> out that that basically if you don't pay attention to your former president then then basically if you don't respond to what he says about you then that conversation that that story goes away pretty quickly it's just that that's the art of not saying anything, right? Because it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. But you only, they only care when you start reacting to what they say. Yeah, the, I think deplatforming uh, any sort of uh, just absolutely insane and hateful rhetoric is always a good idea, even if that means they end up making their own uh, circle of crazy elsewhere. You know, at least the message isn't being so widespread, which is yeah. what we're seeing there with 45 now, uh, you know, kind of doing his own thing and losing a lot of steam, which is great. So yeah, hopefully, but yeah, you never know, <laughs> right? But basically it's the, 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 the relevance to your film is that, or your web series is that you, there, there is a social commentary that you're, you're trying to portray in this film and the, the series, I guess, right? Like, yeah, I, I mean, kind of tying right back to that, you yeah. know, who, gets kicked off of social media very easily is sex workers are the yeah. immediately the first ones to be deplatformed everywhere you go and people companies build their brand off of them we saw with OnlyFans, it was a huge thing where they rose to prominence because of these online sex workers uh you know and content creators and 
then they tried to get rid of them and they said well you know you guys can't be here anymore and there there were all these restrictions and things came out and there was a huge backlash to it because if you're writing along on these people who built your company you know who gave you this it imagine if you know zoom suddenly you know said well we're not gonna allow any sort of uh business people to use our software anymore you know it, it would be absolutely insane so i i think there's a lot to be said about the way that uh sex workers are treated in terms of having a place to be able to uh to speak not just to advertise but for safety uh we had legislation come through in recent years uh sista and fosta that tried to uh the idea was that they were helping things and they were shutting down uh, you know trafficking and all the this nonsense but it didn't do that what it ended up doing was taking down a lot of websites where sex workers were uh using forums to say hey john doe is a blacklisted client watch out you know this is someone who you should stay away from or hey this agency is a fake agency and you know it could put you in danger so all it ended up doing was removing the social tools that they were using to keep themselves safe so there's a lot of issues going on with uh the debate of decriminalization versus legalization uh, of sex work and everyone thinks that they have a solution even people who are trying to be progressive but what ends up happening is it just ends up hurting them in a different way so there's still a long way to go on that and we are just a, a small slice of life here saying uh we don't have a you know a legislation plan to um fix that but you are valid as a person and the work that you do is valid as well. Yeah, no, that was, I like what you just said there. It's, 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 it's extremely interesting. It's like, yeah, it's, it's just like the, like the unfortunate people got, and they got screwed, right? Let's, there's nothing more mm -hmm. to say, pardon the pun, but like they got screwed, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it is exactly it. At the end of the day, they're the ones who get screwed over and I, they work, I, to say sex work is not work is insane by the most literal definition of it. I, they work so much more than I ever do at, at a job. I, it's a, you know, a full-time job. They're creating content. They're editing the content. They're using social media to promote themselves. They're keeping, you know, track of their finances, their expenses. It's a whole thing. And it's not for the faint of heart and you know there's a lot of people who started up during the pandemic uh there were numbers shot through the roof of people joining platforms like OnlyFans, uh trying to you know get a little extra money and you saw that and there was a drop off of you know people who didn't stick with it it's because it's so demanding of your time you know this is a, a full-time job like any other small business owner basically yeah. so to say that's not work is just inherently wrong regardless of how you feel about it there was a there was a wrestler i think her name is mandy rose she got fired from the wwe for uh being on OnlyFans. wow and just she, just for having it yeah because of their corporate brand they got they got contracts with fox and and uh mm. 
and you know what I mean? Like they're trying to get their TV deals and they don't want to have a con. They don't want to have one of their employees doing, doing It's like, it's a bad, it gives them a, it's like a, a bad stigma. Right. So, but it's like, come on. It's like, cause, because she goes on the show and she can, she can just be in lingerie and be sexy. Right. On the show. She's doing the same. That's fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's like, I'm just bringing it up as a, as a, as a the hypocrisy that, that we see in, in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a wild double standard, and it's a wild double standard by the people who make a, a lot of these rules and enforce them are people generally, you know, people in Congress, CEOs, these are people who by and large are using escort services, are watching porn regularly, but yet they don't want people doing that. So there's just this huge disconnect between what people are saying and what people are doing. And like you said, there's just a lot of hypocrisy to that. You know, we don't want anyone. I, I don't want anyone I know doing sex work, but some way you should do it because I am watching porn, you know, like this it, more insanity that comes from people with too much money. But I, I don't think that's a, a surprise. And that's kind of what we're learning with the strikes lately is just the the lengths that people will go to to hold on to those obscene amount of money as well yeah well yeah it's you're on to something with the film so hopefully like, are we, have you started writing season two or do you have like obviously like our loose idea in your head like what's the pro what's the process i i have some ideas and i'm kind of waiting to sit down at the premiere uh we, we're having our premiere party in three weeks the whole thing is done uh, it's off my plate, and uh, we're having our premiere party in Atlanta, and I want to sit there and watch it as an audience member and kind of see where does the story feel like it's going now that I see it cut together. Because I know what it looked like on the page, you know, and I know what it looks like in my mind, but an edited piece is so different from the beginning. So I, I'm curious to see not only my own reactions, but, you know, everyone there, what's resonating with people? Who are the characters that people are like, I could watch, you know, the two of them, you know, go back and forth forever. You know, I, I want to see what's hitting people in their core and, you know, kind of pivot towards the where season two can take it. And I think it's easy to draft a season two or three in terms of the actual premise because the technology and the platforms that sex workers use change regularly as they get deplatformed from other places they move somewhere else so yeah. you know from only fans to fansly you know to all these different things that they're using i it is definitely uh, a doable thing to have uh, each season focus on different tools and different ways they interact and the uh some of the funnier moments that ensue with that along with just the uh logistics of it so we sent you the audience to you the audience feedback video what did you think they had this what did you think of what they had to say about your your series i avoided it for so long because i just i I'm always terrified of listening to what people have to say. I, and I know at the end of the day, uh, it's going to be useful and it's going to be helpful and you don't have to take everyone's, you know, advice, you know, you can hear things and know certain things and it's, it's okay to say, you know, I agree with that or, okay, I get why they see it like that. But I, I'm always just terrified of that because I, I think, you know, 
inherently there's just insecurity as a writer that you have to you you watched it though since you've watched it since we yes yes i have watched it since and was very uh relieved to hear you know uh uh very positive response to it overall so uh that was very good to hear but uh but yes i i did avoid it for you know a couple days just being like no i i can't watch it right now no i'll watch it later i'll watch it tomorrow um so it, it was really uh useful and valuable to have uh others people's voices chime in and hear uh like i was kind of saying before you know what what is sticking with them after this what are the things that they wanted to actually go home and talk about in that response because if it sticks around that long you know that's something worth listening to well yeah it's a really like really ambitious you did it you, you did a whole season uh web series uh, show about something that, that entertained the audience made us laugh made us cry a little bit but it's, there's a nice social commentary to it yeah, hopefully you're proud of what you what you accomplished because it's uh it's pretty it's there it's there forever for everybody to see i am so proud of my team i i'm so in awe of them i i look at the you know the final product here in post-production and i see things that i would change but they're none of those things are things that i would change uh from my team they're all my own personal things i wish i'd written it this way or I, you know i wish i had directed it this way um i i can very happily say i i'm never like man i really wish i'd gotten sam to deliver that line this way or you know like it's not an issue there they showed up and gave it 150 percent uh we shot the whole thing in less than two weeks um and it was insane uh to do and i don't know uh that i do it on quite such a tight timeline yeah, again that's crazy <laughs> but to get it all done in such a short amount of time and to see at the end of the day most people when they start filmmaking their first few projects are you know 10 minute films or something and then we look at what we've done here and the total runtime comes out to like an hour 45 we've essentially created a feature yeah you did a feature film <laughs> for you know under seven thousand dollars and like 10 days of shoots like it's an insane thing that we've done here and i'm immensely proud of uh all of them uh for for being a part of it well congratulations uh let's talk again either when season two comes out or when you make your next project and uh go atlanta <laughs> absolutely go yeah thank keep, you keep so up much the good work man and absolutely congratulations one two three four five